Welcome to the 30 to Life podcast, where we break stereotypes, build legacies, and help others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in the world, brown. And the guy who black women the most, Goulet. What's up? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Juneteenth to you, my black brother. Yes, 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 yes. What's going on? How Much you doing? Much blessings. Much blessings. Chilling, chilling, you know, living life, doing as much as a black man could in these crazy times. How's everything with you guys? Yo, it was my birthday this weekend. Happy birthday. Oh, happy, Negro, happy you belated. old. <laughs> Negro, you old. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. 30 to 30, 35 to life for me. Oh. But, um, <laughs> you is real. Oh, did you get your, your, your AARP membership yet? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting another tattoo though. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. My mom always has a hissy fit when I get new, good tattoos, but you know, mom, I love you. You old now, is your skin good enough for tattoos? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. Um, <laughs> and I eat veggies and I make smoothies. So I feel useful. Well, speaking <laughs> of useful, Juneteenth, baby, Juneteenth. We just yes, celebrated sir. it for many people the first time, actually. So uh, happy Juneteenth. Yes. Happy Juneteenth. Shout out to Texas. It's that- Texas, I know, I know you met. But, uh, yeah, black people are free. Speaking oh. of Juneteenth, guess what? That's going to be become a national holiday. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen that petition to get that as a national holiday. Have you guys seen that? Yes, we have. And I can I say I'm excited for it. Extra holiday for me. And, like, for real, all being all serious, we should make sure we take, as black people, we should take that day off enjoy it learn more about you know our lineage and you know spend time with our loved ones but speaking of juneteenth we were featured on apple Podcasts as the leader in black voices thank you listeners thank you for just supporting us because we made it and google knows it let's go 30 to the light can we just say thank you to the women who really are I mean no way wrong we we have some we have some great fellas that listen to the show but but the women haven't been holding us down so thank you to to the women out there yes sir that that take the time to listen to the show yes sir we they, appreciate you. I just want to thank everybody for who has listened so far we're renewing this we're doing our thing we're what seven eight episodes in we can't do this without the listeners so as good as we are we're better with with you guys we can't be great without you so thank you from every single person that has listened, every person that has shared, every person that has rated, every person that has reviewed, has left a review. I'm silly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Exactly. So we appreciate you. And one thing, you know, we want you to do every time you experience the 30 to life redefining the black experience, make sure you bring a friend with you. Make sure you share it and let them listen to it because, you know, we're we're only going to grow through you guys and we appreciate, you know, everything that you've done so far. Hey, this is this is not a podcast just for for us three. This is a podcast for everybody. Remember, we're a family here. So we're speaking to you. We're speaking to you as a family. We're speaking to you as a loved one. Did, we, did y'all wish me a happy first Father's Day? I, I don't know if I heard yes. that yesterday. Ha- happy first Father's Day. Happy, if we didn't, happy first Father's Day. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Men need uh, love too. You will realize that Father's Day is just another day. <laughs> nah, I'm fighting for men's rights. You know, it's very important. Father's rights, actually, because I'm in the belief that all fathers and I ain't talking about skeet and skedaddlers. I'm talking about all fathers who are there like they need to get some love. We shouldn't on Father's Day, all the cards be available in the stores 
Well, on Mother's Day, all the cards be gone. Like, we need some love, too. Matter of fact, although I don't watch TV, I ain't hear a commercial or do anything. Although I would say COVID may have an issue with it. But still, as my ninth Father's Day, I I still don't see the same love that the women get. All we get is freaking tools and barbecue things. Although I like the barbecue. Give me something special. I like flowers. I like cologne. I like to be pretty. Them take me out with roses. Speak of roses on the bed for me. Nah, I don't do that shit. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 go on to the show. Wait, wait. I didn't I didn't talk about my Father's Day. My bad, my bad. So let me talk about my Father's Day. My Father's Day is pretty good this year. It's pretty it's great every year. The the kid gives me what I want, it's quiet and leave me alone. But this year, uh being that I love to cook, I love to cook a great steak. I ain't a vegetarian like you oh, about to say something bad. I'm a real man, I eat meat. So my my lady got me a pause, ton of those pause, big, oh paws <laughs> big paws. My lady got my lady and kid got me one of those tomahawk steaks. And man, I seasoned fried, that bad fried. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I seasoned that bad boy and cooked that bad boy. Man, listen, I barely re- was able to record that show today. Record the show today because that steak was so good. Thank no, that's you good. my lady and my kid. No, yeah, no. Uh, they say a, a way to a man's heart is food. So you know, yeah, just just feed us. And I love to cook. Let's get it on. Let's yes. go. Let's, let's go with the so show. I've been inside the house, so I ain't been in the streets. So what's going on? What's new? I hear something about my favorite black wait, lady wait. in the kitchen. You know what? During this week, as I was making myself some pancakes, I look at the syrup and it's like, hey, this black woman don't look too happy. She's smiling, but she ain't too happy. You know why? Because she was a slave. And I ain't found that. It's shocking that I didn't know that till this week. And as you know, with the craziness that was it Quaker Oats, the company of Aunt Jemima, they're recalling that they're taking her face off Aunt Jemima bottles because, again, like I said, yes, that picture is was a slave. Was the the lady represents a slave lady, and I didn't know that, which is really shocking. Yeah, and, and also hear about Uncle Ben's and Eskimo pie ice cream. I ain't never even heard of it, but they say they're changing that too. I think this is energy going in the wrong direction. It should be going specifically to the black communities, legislation, just something besides changing this, right? When I think about Aunt Jemima, I think about good times. I think like it was a happy black woman. She wasn't looking all crazy. And maybe them spending money on educating around the history of everything and then dedicating that to maybe black scholarships or a criminal justice reform that and using those profits towards that because where is their black representation in the kitchen where is it listen a small change is a good change where if a company can do that i appreciate that somewhat because you got to look at you got to take the good with the bad because they could they could have just left it and just like and say, that would have been cares? fine they should have they should have like all these other companies that say hey we're going to dedicate 10 billion to what? social justice reform like no black person knew that story no black person okay, knew that honestly, story i don't think black people really cared that much do the changes that we need are not from a capitalistic well, but we do need capitalistic changes but that is a that is a private company and you're right mookie there could have been so many other things that they could have done i guess that's a start yes that's what however the- it's not the the big picture. And I think that that's a lot of the issues that we have now. We, we aren't attacking the root cause of the issues. And the, the cause of issues right now are the systemic racism and the, the just, just the racist treatment 
that's going on right now. That's that's the root cause. And, and it's the system. It's the legislation. It, these are the things that need changes. It's the uh, poverty gaps. It's the educational gap. Those are the things that need to be tackled and changed, not dismantling the legacy of what Aunt Jemima is. I mean, I granted, she's a slave woman. I understand what you're saying. However, there's so much more that can be done right now that isn't being done. And again, I agree. Uh, as always, I agree with both of you guys. But I just, like, I when I first heard about it, I'm like, who cares? However, when you really think about it, at least they're starting from somewhere. It's like, what do they supposed to do? Like, just give our money, believe that. I mean, you start from, you, you clean up the little stuff, then you hit the big stuff. I think that's what they're doing, what Quaker Oats is doing. I believe that's the um, mother company. But again, like you both said, we, they need to do something bigger than this. It's, it's more than just that the image on that bottle. It's, it's something deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they just need to put their money with their mouth of. Yeah, so guys, I was watching Insecure. I know y'all probably don't watch it, but the season finale. Because yeah, I'm a thug. The season finale was last week, and it was a crazy episode, so I ain't got no spoilers for y'all. But the character who played Lawrence, I was... The skinny dude. Yeah, skinny dude. I was like... Lawrence, I was like, let me, let Lawrence me. is the guy that she uh, was her first date, her first boyfriend, right, Issa? Yep, yep. First okay. boyfriend. Not, not that I watch it because I'm a thug. What, sorry? <laughs> yeah, I was Googling him, and I was like, let me look into see this guy. Who is he and everything? And, you know, I'm going through... I'm like, this pro-black guy on this show is married to a, a white woman in real life. Dang, I'm like, that's crazy, right? I didn't know that. I would never thought that. So then, the one bites the dust. Mm-hmm. So then, so then I, I wanted to talk to a couple of our <laughs> listeners and supporters. You know, send a couple DMs. Uh, you know, and and some group chats, and you know, they were like, "Oh yeah, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about successful black men preferring to marry white women." So, you know, how y'all feel about this? Well, I personally feel the black of the berry is sweeter than juice. I ain't marry no white woman, no matter how much money I get. But it's crazy to see that a lot of successful black men do marry white women. We can talk about Michael Jordan, how he divorced his wife, then end up getting in with a white woman. All right, so I'm going to just go in. I'm going to just go in and I'm going to just say what I got to say. and I'm going to keep it real with y'all. At the end of the day, I feel like we have to attack the root cause, right? And the root cause is we have to, in order to, to, to talk about the root cause, sorry, in order to, to discuss the root cause, we have to really analyze the entire history, right? And so colonization, I feel, is a main contributor to why black, black successful men are dating white women. And I'll tell you why. So essentially, let's let's just take a trip back in history, right? Right before slaves were, you know, even captured, right? And so you have the ships coming in and you have the Europeans with their European technology, i.e. guns and their explosives or whatever else they use to 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 cause physical harm to the people they colonized. They came once they got finished with their colonization, they kind of forcefully or forced their culture onto every culture that they colonized. In doing so, the original cultures, customs and their standards of beauty have been whitewashed. Right. And that's what's going on right now. So what we have is European standard of beauty. And I think that successful black men have lost their original concept of what beauty is and sort of taken on the Eurocentric concepts of beauty and ultimately forgotten that they have some beautiful black sisters out there. And I think it's super sad 
think it's super sad that that is the case nowadays. And I really wish that we can just change this narrative and really recognize that black, even that deep blue black is beautiful. And but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna tackle this a little more. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, when, when I think of historically a celebrity black men and, and marrying white women, uh, I remember watching a Quincy Jones interview. He was saying that during that time in the 50s, they viewed the white woman as like a prize, right? And really as an FU to white men in power and really took a, a advantage of that, right? And they wanted to be rebellious. And that's why you see Harry uh, Belafonte. That's why you see Quincy Jones. That's why you see Sydney. Sydney Poitier. Yep. You see all these people. They were dead. Oh, you saw them was with white women. You know, they married them or had kids by them. And it really was them having a white woman as a sign of a, a success. Like mm-hmm. success status, symbol. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Quincy Jones talked about this. And, and, you know, you look at it and you, you know, you understand like being a rebellious and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, those black women who, who didn't get too fortunate to have a, a true black lineage, you know? So it just makes they me think. They didn't get chose. Mm-hmm. Correct. They didn't get, they chose. Didn't get chose. And how, how do you think that that makes their, how, how do you think that makes them feel psychologically at the end of the day? You know, they're wondering their group of men are so infatuated and so in love with their group of men, the men that share their same uh, phenotype and their same color of their skin how do they give up on them so easily like that and just follow this? It's, it's just disheartening what you think about it. Cause I mean, I have, we, we, we have daughters, us having daughters at the end of the day. Like how do we really get them to understand that they are beautiful just as much as white women or even possibly even more beautiful, but how do we change those narratives for them, you know? And I really feel like now is the time to really just accentuate what black and beautiful is. Yes. And, and really just display that to the world because we're beautiful. We are beautiful people. And even though beauty is relative, at the end of the day, we, we really have to and maintain and change that narrative. No, just, just really, at the end of the day, we have to change that narrative. Yes, I totally agree with you. But I have a question for you. I heard a lot of narratives about Black women may be too strong for a lot of, especially coming from the last episode, we were talking about the strong Black woman. From a lot of narratives I heard is why a lot of Black men date white women is because they fear, not necessarily fear, they don't like a strong Black woman. They, they, they have too much lip. They have, they talk too much strongness. They give too much back talk. They don't let Black men be a man. And I've heard that the white women more, are more passive. They let the Black men do whatever they want to do. How do y'all feel about that? Have y'all heard that? And have you ever witnessed that? Personally speaking, I feel as though, so I've dated outside my race before. I've never witnessed that, to be honest with you. I've never witnessed a passive, any passive woman that I've dated. I feel like that could also be a false narrative and that could also be a play on really just a negative stereotype of, of Black women at the end of the day. Women, I think, are today are very opinionated and very strong. And I think that they've had to be, especially Black women. Black women have had to handle a lot more than white women, generally speaking, because they have to take care of, they have to take care of more within the household. Because of systemic racism, Black men typically, or generally speaking, haven't been there. And black women have had to hold it down. And that just to me is a, is a sign of the strength of a black woman. Now, I do agree that 
black men do feel that white women are more passive, but I also think that it's it's more than passivity. It's it's more so a sign of social status. Correct. And that's the problem. Correct. As you say, a social status, I believe once you start to get more money and start to move different places and start to get into these more predominantly white neighborhoods, you start to date more white people. I, I mean, th- this is an opinion because the area that I'm in right now, speaking personally, I see a lot of men, black men dating white women because of the area they live in. And I guess when you get that level of reputation of like, I'm living in a great neighborhood, getting away from people I know, you started to date outside your race. So what you're saying is that you feel like black men have more options now? No, no, no. I feel as though when when they get a certain amount of money, they move out certain neighborhoods and become in those predominantly white neighborhoods. They start going to different type of bars and different places where they're not seeing their kind anymore. Because let's say if I have $5 million, I'm not going to a place where people who make a $10,000 go. Right. No, no, no. I, I think I think that absolutely could be a, a could be a reasoning. To be honest with you. Definitely. I think what I said kind of makes sense, though, because if what you're saying is that black men that are successful, they have now access to different types of women. Mm-hmm. And because they had that access now, forget about black women, which is sad. But yes, it could be the case. Yeah, I think when we think of it from like a human level, like new experiences pique your interests. So, yeah, so I can understand that. But let's talk about personal like dating experiences outside of our race. And do we see any differences from it? Right. Did we see any differences early on? You know, we all have dated a little bit earlier and real earlier, right? Decades ago. But uh, Brown, (laughs) (laughs) but Brown. uh, Yeah. What was your what was your experience like? Yeah, I honestly don't, I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference in terms of the relationship. It was the same thing. They, they had their same opinions, their same, I guess, strength in their opinions, rather. I didn't notice any difference. Only, the only thing that I feel that was really different from when I, I dated a black woman versus a white woman, I felt that when I was dating the white woman or the white women, I felt that I got looked at more by other races, especially, especially white men and black women. I felt like they, the, the stairs were just <laughs> a little excessive, but I understand. I understand, but it's a little excessive. And I also felt like white women couldn't relate to me on a cultural level that I feel like a black woman can, and that's just for obvious reasons. But though I didn't see any difference. So I, di- I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like I had a prize on my arm. I didn't feel like I was better than anybody. I didn't feel like I had anything special. I just felt like I was dating a woman that just wasn't black. So I don't get it, to be honest with you, but I I understand the systemic reasoning why. Yeah, I was trying to, while you were speaking, I was trying to think of, you know, very, very, very long, very long time ago when I did uh, date white woman in some capacity. And I was thinking it's different. The only difference is, uh, that I noticed, noticed was, you know, they did have some flow of either some sort of allowance from their parents at a high level, money, They had some, you know, own place, own car. I mean, like, this is like early 20s. You know, they got some bread. But besides, like, different experiences, I didn't didn't see anything outside of that and didn't relate to them on, like, their experiences and whatnot. But I do do know that first date, second date, he was getting full course meals and all that type of stuff. So I was like, hmm, very interesting. (laughs) 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 But all jokes aside, when I think about it, especially during that time, it was black men were like 
hunted. Like white women were like, it was like a fetish, right? For black men. And that was interesting time, right? Like it was almost like a rebellion against like their, their white fathers. Yeah. So I I don't know what to call that, but what do you you call it? Well, well, I want to say this. Let me me just say this. White people, or white women in particular, just tell the truth. All of y'all fantasize about black men. All, every, there's not, I don't believe there's one white woman on the face of this earth that's not have wanted to sleep with a black man. (laughs) Y'all know know the myth. Mandingo! (laughs) All white women want to sleep with a black man at least one time in their life. And I think that that interest is, has always been there for centuries. Why do you think black, white women have screamed rape by, by big black men all, all the time? Because I think they liked it. My name is Cooley and I don't approve wait, wait, that message. On, wait, hold on, hold brown on. thoughts are the uh, brown wait, thoughts. Let me, let me. His thoughts are not those of Cooley on, on. or the 30s life pod. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, do you mean that when they did false the the stories historically of false accusations of white women sleeping with black men because they got caught and they were fearing for their lives, so they just said that the black men raped them? Are you talking about those scenarios? Yes, I'm I'm talking about those scenarios. But I'm saying, I'm saying that I think that they willingly wanted to have sex with the black men, with the big black men, because of their sheer curiosity. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed it so much that they became later became scared, and that's what eventually caused them, because they were still racist. They, they but that eventually caused them to lie. Yeah, yeah. No, we heard tons of stories of when you know back in the day when they would get caught, and from there there was false accusations because yeah. you know she probably would have got killed for just being with a black exactly. man. So. You know, the easiest way out was the false accusation. Exactly. And but deep down, she yeah. enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm, I'm. That's what I'm saying. She, yeah, she enjoyed it. She loved it. She never experienced and, and, like it before. And I guess that could actually go for the black men. It's like we were, we weren't able to enjoy or uh, experience that. So let's try to get there. Let's let's try to get. Let's try to. Which, when we were talking about the slavery, let's try to get that overpowering. Like now, yeah, I got your woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's F you to the, you know, white men in power. I was also watching an interview with Nick Cannon. He, he dates outside his race. And he was like, I got to do it. He's like, I want them all and everything. And I do think it's important to marry a black woman, especially as you climb up the, the pole. But no, a couple of th- questions that I wanted to ask was, I do feel that white women are more likely to openly to approach a black man before a black woman. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. And you know what guys think with that, right? You know what head the guys think, right? With the head on bottom. So therefore, if a white woman's going to approach us first, guess what we're going to do? Hey, baby, you want me? Yeah. You got me. <laughs> yeah. And when you think a little bit further in that, Will, you, last episode you talked about Childish Gambino and the point that you made was that basically black women typically don't like the nerdy black guy. And I know this is this this statement is probably going to also ruffle some feathers here because it's not it's not totally true and it might not be st- true statistically. However, I being a nerdy black guy myself, I've experienced it. You know, I've experienced the women that typically don't like the nerdy black guy. And I don't know if it's because just it, it, I mean, it, it probably is just because of where I grew up, I mean, growing, growing up in the inner city, you know, and that's just wasn't the norm. And, you know, that that narrative did change as I explored the world and as I've, um, you know, graduated from growing up in the inner city. So, you know, it's still true to some extent, 
And I think that it's also, it could also be a, a debilitating thing because what other option would a, the nerdy black guy have? Most likely want to have that, that female counterpart. And if the people that look like them, him, don't want him because of how he is or how his personality is, what other option does he have? Yeah, no, 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 I definitely agree. And, and, and that's, you know, contributes to the thoughts behind it. Why, you know, they, they find it easier just to date outside their race because they may approach them more likely. But when I think about it, right, like Childish Gambino is a, is a prime example, but, you know, I'm going I'm to run off a, a list of, of come some of the people who are in Wait, entertainment. Do, you, do, and do we athletes. have enough time for the, you to run off all the people? <laughs> We're probably going to need maybe two, three, four shows. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to do a, a short list of a couple of people that, notable people that, that you would know. So Robert Smith, billionaire, white woman. Michael Jordan, greatest of all time. Wait, had a black woman, went to a white woman. Robert Smith, too, had a black woman, now with a white woman. Byron Allen, white Come woman. Come on, and Byron. My you brother. know him from the Weather Channel, and he's uh, fighting uh, a court case right now. Every NBA player, just about, besides LeBron James, Chris Paul, a couple other people. Dwayne Wade. But Dwayne Wade's with a black woman. You said besides. I said, yeah, I'm going to. Oh, oh Dwayne Wade, too. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> well, Jordan Peele. Kanye West. Wait, did you say Emmett Till? No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Jesus. I thought you said Emmett Till. I was about to say, Well, that's the end of the 30 to Life podcast. I'm not doing the show anymore. No, we respect his <laughs> legacy, but... It was nice, but no, it was nice doing this I, podcast with y'all. Thank you, Mookie. <laughs> no, but, but thank you for bringing them up, because that was an example of, you know, cautionary tales of white women falsely saying something, and he ended up getting killed. Yeah. So one... I want to honor his legacy during this time and, you know, really, you know, put that in perspective. Why, like, black women would say, like, marry your own, right? Stay away from those white women, right? That, that was a cautionary conversation that was, that was brought up um, in the younger years, right? That was always referenced. So thank you for mistakenly bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but keep but, going um, on that list. Tim Duncan, of course. The most known, everyone knows this guy. Tay Diggs was one of one of the guys, legendary uh, mm-hmm. white woman pursuers. Brian Gumble, but you know eh. he's not black. Uh, <laughs> first of all, oh oh oh, the blackest of them all, Seal. Really? Hi, it was a oh, Heidi Klum. Damn it, Seal. No. Whoa 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 whoa. whoa. Uh, I, I don't know if you, options, you know? I don't know if you finish your list, but if you you, you forgot about Amari Hardrick. I be saying his last. No, I was I was about to say ghost. <laughs> ghost. Not only is his name ghost, but he likes uh, the color of ghosts <laughs> marrying them as well. And uh, there's a there's a long list of people. But one thing I want to make a note, right? Remember the movie Best Man, yes. Best Man Wedding or Holiday? Best Man Holiday was it? Yeah. Did you know that all of those men in that movie are all married to white women except Morris Chestnut? Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. You learn something new every day. So I guess the, the best man is uh, a white woman. The best know. woman. <laughs> but but I think we have to discuss Eurocentric views on, in the media. And I think that that, that that plays a huge part of it because what we constantly see and what we saw for years is blonde hair, blue eyes, thin Women, women in our and on billboards, commercials, movies. Truth be told, 
the American media, to me, is the most powerful media of them all. And therefore, it has the most influence. But the American media does not culturally include all of America's cultures accurately. Um, and it hasn't for years. Now, I will, I will say that it's getting better. It has gotten better because I do believe that the, the, the standard globally has, is changing. However, that influence, that whitewashing influence has left really lasting effects on us all. I mean, I mean, I can remember being a teenager and saying, well, I don't date black girls, you know, and I think that that's I, I was young. And I get that that's, that's just a young, ignorant mind frame. Why did I think all I saw was white, beautiful women? Yeah, and, and you brought up a great point. When I was five, I remember this, and once you brought that story, <laughs> wow. when I was five, I said to my godmother and my mom, I was like, I don't like dark-skinned girls when I was five. Mind you, this was on my birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm five years old. I remember I said that. And I was just like, I, I couldn't stand, right? Because the way that I was treated by this beautiful, dark-skinned woman in my class made me not like her. And I was like, I can't stand a dark-skinned uh, Black woman. And my godmother and my mother's dark-skinned, right? And I'm saying this to them. And it's like, you know, you didn't, I'm just mad. I'm just mad, right? <laughs> and... I do think like some black men feel like that at ages, you know, 25, 30, 35, 50. 40, <laughs> a 50, a black woman. And it's like, everyone has their preferences. Don't demean the black woman, especially when you're married to a non-black woman. The problem is that they exclusively to date white women and they use the negative words about black women as their justification. But that is not right. Don't demean the black woman when you're married to a non-black woman. One, the problem is they exclusively only wanted white women. And they use their negative words about black women as the justification for why they went white, went to white women. But that's not okay. And I think all of us and every black man should call it out when a guy talks negative about black women as a whole, because that's not right. And, you know, you can have your preferences, but... You can't just shut out a whole race, you know, much like I did when I was five. Yeah. And to your point is and that's that's the whole issue. It's like when a, a guy gets hurt, he feels as though all women are like that. So a, when a black woman hurts a black guy, he feels like, oh, all black women are no good. No, don't one. Don't ever don't ever say that. Don't come out your mouth and say that because that's wrong. The maybe the black woman that you were dating at that time was no good for you. But not all black women are good. Like you said, Mookie, you can have your preference, but don't knock black women. And to the earlier point where I was saying that the narrative about black women may be too strong, I may be having have too much mouth or too opinionated. That goes back to that saying. It's like you cannot do that as a black man, as a person or in general. You cannot knock somebody there. Like I'm all for love. If you, whatever you love, you decide to love a purple woman, but don't knock a woman that looks like you. Or a woman that your mother looks like, because that's not the right thing to do. Oh, to me, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, but to go beyond that, you know, I feel like in reality, we shouldn't be victim of whitewashing. And I feel like once you realize, once once we realize that we we also have to change our psych, our psyche, then and realize that that European standards aren't the only standards of beauty, and we too have our standards of beauty, and we need to recognize them. And when we say things like that, I think internally what we're doing is perpetuating self-hate because we came from those people. 
we and if you know you have black children, you know they have those same attributes. At the end of the day, we have to be really be careful of being whitewashed and understanding that we have our own standards of beauty. And like one thing I believe, I think the media really have attacked the black woman's self-esteem, like across the board, really made sure that the standard of beauty is white. And Brown, you talked about that earlier. I had it when I was very young. And it's just like, you know, we have to untrain ourselves, right? And I think for us, we could talk about it a little now. Like, what are you, what are your views now? How do you feel about darcy and women now, right? But how do you feel about that? Do you see the beauty in it now? Uh, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Dark-skinned women, just women, I mean, women in general are beautiful, but Black women, the various shades, they have lots of beauty. What I don't like is lace fronts. I feel like lace fronts are an abomination to all Black women alive, and I think that it's again, the most horrible thing ever. Again, so, the views of Brown is not those of the 30 to Life pod or Cooley, because some lace fronts are good. 95% of them are horrible, but again, the views of Brown is not that of Cooley. Go ahead. <laughs> So you, so you mean to tell me? I said 95% of, uh, no, I, I said 5% of good, not. <laughs> you mean to tell me, but you see them, when you get close to your girl or, or a girl with a lace front and you see them squares, the, the little ass squares, you think that's attractive? How, let me tell you, I, I, let, let on, me guys. tell you, wait, before you, all the wait. black women, because I only dated black women that I have ever dated had good hair. So you never had a woman with, 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 with because it's the squares that keep that getting me every time. Yes, they, yes. Oh, this is a zero <laughs> tolerance about any talk about black women. I don't care if it's a lace front, a lace middle. We're not talking to them. Not on this episode. Well, my daughter's I'm not wearing lace for dark skin women everywhere. <laughs> First, they should be. They should be banned. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't like it when light skin women wear lace fronts. I just hate. I hate. I hate lace fronts on so many levels because one, they perpetuate Eurocentric use of beauty. <laughs> Two, they look stupid. And three. You know, love your love your natural hair. First of all, well, embrace your natural hair. Embrace the beauty that of, of the kink, the curl, this, the, the texture, the C four, but C one. But I learned that from my wife. But you know that you can still go C three. But, but <laughs> Brown, it's Brown, will, do, you, do you know you still can have natural hair with a uh, lace front or with a wig? So maybe maybe they just want to try new new, new style. So I don't care. As long as it looks good, but like you said, a lot of them don't look good. It just, it just appears. That's on. what I'm saying. Just make sure it looks anyway. good. Well, what he just saying, make sure your hair look good. Yes. yes. I'm just saying that. Where do we go? Black where do, where do we not, just go with this? Oh, oh, hold on. I'm about to say one thing to, to our black woman on this podcast. Don't wear lace. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, no. Black. Black is beautiful. Dark skin. So for me, I want to talk about my views of dark skin. Woman, you know, I can, I like, like I see the beauty in dark skin women, right? And I see the beauty in all women, but it was just like you have to like look at it like to untrain yourself in terms of the media representation, right? Which is light, long hair. I love natural hair. I love natural mm-hmm. hair. You know, I like when women shave off their hair Whoa. and they go natural. <laughs> you can't be wearing my you can't be wearing my do-rag. That's one thing. I you can't be taking my wave brush. Come on. I, that's what I can't approve of. If your wave spending more than mine. Congratulations on being politically correct. <laughs> you, <laughs> Wait, thank you. I had a cup of politically correct for if, breakfast. If your wife shaved your head, her hair, to the length of yours, you would feel some type of way. 
No, so like, <laughs> he's stuttering. Yeah, he means he's about to lie. <laughs> so my wife has uh, her hair has grown tremendously, yeah. right? Like especially post having a child. And if she decided to cut her hair off, <laughs> I'm okay with that. No, no, I'm okay with that. No, I'm, I'm talking about as much as yours. I'm okay. Shaved, like balls. I know how short. How short? What's the shortest you would go? I would go my- Rapunzel. <laughs> exactly exactly politically correct listen and, I, and I, i'm not here to you know tell the truth people but anyway i will speak for a lot of men and say you know we do like some hair length now granted my wife does not have long hair at all and i think she's beautiful i would not want a buzz cut for my wife i just wouldn't like it what if she what if, what if she just showed up one day buzz cut i'll be upset but why to me to me, I love my wife as much. Uh, she can do whatever she wants. I don't care about the hair. As long as she don't take my products, it's okay what she's going to do anyway. That's why I don't want her to cut her hair, but she's going to take my products. I need my own. That's the only thing that I have of my own is my bald hair products. If she shaves her hair, she's going to take my brush. She's going to take my Durac. I don't believe that. No, I, I, I don't. No, no, I, I like long hair, but no, I am, I am like, have gone through training to understand that Long that hair could be a, that, this is could, a form of white This could be a, ho- a whole nother episode, but I I can care less. As long as she's happy, I can care less about the hair. As long as it's not doesn't look bad. If it's, if it's kept, if it's kept up, that's what I care about. So cool. If your wife walked in the house with a with a with a with a with a one, you you would appreciate that. If she didn't tell me, or she no, she, she didn't tell you. Didn't you just see it one day. You would appreciate. I, I wouldn't appreciate it because she didn't tell me. But it's her hair. She can't make her own decisions. You control, much like you said, white women are controlled. I don't control, but is it, when you make a, a serious decision like that, yes, I should know. So cutting your hair is a serious decision? Yes. yes. If I decide to grow my hair out and get, get dreads, she would know about that. She would have to accept that, too. It's, if I wanted to shave off my beard, my mustache, or she would have to know about that. It's, it's a respect thing. I believe that's more so a respect. If you're going to do something like that, that's that dramatic. Even if you cut your hair just a two inches, it's about the respect thing. I believe in respect. The, the same way I was, okay. the same way I would let her know I'm doing something different with my hair. Let's go back to the topic. This was a good uh, <laughs> a discussion side, side, side. on <laughs> women's hair and women's rights. But they ain't no, got no go rights. So yeah, so let's listen. To, let's let's go back to a couple more things about this this topic. One, I think we need to talk about why is it so important that successful black men marry black women. Although I believe in love, no matter who you, what color, what shade, what, who they are, I do believe it's the lineage. We need to keep our black lineage. We need to we need to have more black babies instead of mixed mixed races. Although again, 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 I don't care who you date, what you do. We need to have that black lineage because soon it's going to be just a bunch of mixed races out there and it's going to be who's to know what is your background you're just going to say i'm this i'm this i'm this i'm this i'm this it's not just i'm african-american i'm black i'm like i'm mixed up a hundred different things so i don't that might be the wrong way to feel or wrong thing to say but i think it's going to lose black lineage so yeah no i definitely agree with that yeah it's, it's it's so important but one thing that i really think about is when these really successful, right, these millionaires or even billionaires marry a white woman, I just think of, like, me personally, I think of the the wealth gap between white families and black families and how, you know, it's one-tenth of the net worth. And it's important that 
uh, generational wealth is passed on within the Black family, right? And when these Black men, Black men mostly, I mean, men in general pursue women, you ask them to get married, you, you plan to spend the rest of your life with them, I think that money needs to be within the Black family, right? Because it's just going to, it's not going to help the wealth gap and in, in a lot of these instances. So I think it's important, right? One, for Black women, the family structure to see like, hey, when you're successful, you make sure you marry a Black woman, right? Because a lot of cultures do it at higher levels. And one stat that I want to kind of bring up is that's really important, right? Because sometimes the media will have their own narrative. And when we think of the average millionaire or the average person that's making over 100K that's Black, 80, over 80% of Black men who make over 100K are marrying Black women. So we could say some of it's like propaganda and, you know, the media attention to it and just really just seeing, you know, when you see someone that's, you know, highly visible, highly successful with a white woman, a part of it just be like, does he love black women? And, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, you know, we really need to make sure that we don't let the, the media control our thoughts. Because, you know, when I found this, that stat, I was like surprised. So it's really focus more on entertainment and, and, and athletes. Right. I also feel like you just kind of like, both of you kind of just prompted this, this thought process in my head. I feel like it's important for Black children to see more successful Black couples together. I also agree you love who you love. And I'm not, I'm not saying all Black people should be with Black people. Or I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is understand that there is a whitewashing of what standard of beauty is. Just just try to go beyond that and realize that you, you have a myriad of black kids. There's more to success, black success in relationships than the Obamas. There's more to it than, than, than LeBron. Where representation of black families, strong black families, beyond celebrities. And that also will trickle down into what, I guess, regular people and how they kind of view family success is. Agreed. Agreed. Yes, sir. Agreed, definitely. A hundred percent. It's like it's like we like we all keep saying to anybody who has mixed children out there, we're not knocking that. We're love who you love. Your children are beautiful. Children are gonna be beautiful regardless. But what 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 we're trying to just say is like we do need to see more black black woman, black man, because if we if we continue to see mixed races, it's not going to signify the love that we have for black power, black love. Again, we're not knocking who you love. It's just do what makes you happy. Yeah. And I think it's one thing that I want to you know, focus on is that like, don't knock black women if you prefer to date outside your race. I think that's really important. We don't need any you know, negative talks about black women. I think it's more of uplifting. So even if you are, you know, with a white woman, like just show love to our black sisters. You don't have to say that all black women is this, this is why I go with white women or Asian women or any, any other type of woman. I think it's just really just focusing on, you know, uplifting and just say, you know, this is my preference, but I love black women. And I think if we do that for the interracial dating and stuff, I think that will just help overall in terms of, the interaction between black men and black women instead of it, you know, being any type of fight, it's all about love. So that's my thought. And I, and I know I mentioned, I mentioned lace fronts, but I want to, I, I would, I would like our brothers challenge our black women to embrace their natural hair more often. Hair is a super important topic for black women. And it, it it's just, we, we all as a son to black parents and a, as a black mother, 
I've seen hair be the center of topics, you know, a lot of topics. And I think that if more Black men really encourage their Black women to embrace natural hair and to embrace their, their, their naturalness in general, I feel like Black men would kind of learn to love the beauty of Black women more and not kind of steer towards the Eurocentric views of beauty. And to really, they'll, they'll begin to understand that, you know, hey, Black hair is super beautiful and they don't need lace work. Yeah, but I do think that, I think it's more on, the, on men. Right. You just said we just had this dialogue earlier about women cutting their hair. If you relax your hair and over damaged it. Right. You got to start somewhere. You have to cut your hair off. Right. Right. And it's up to us as black men to appreciate that process. It's important for us to see that beauty. And that could be based off our action. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're a single man and all we follow is girls with long hair, long, straight hair. That's not helping the situation, right? If, mm-hmm. we, if we're all only dating girls who have long, straight hair, that's not helping the situation, right? We have to meet that same energy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so important that we do that, right? Like we, in this scenario, I feel like we just put it on a Black woman to do it. But I think because the Black man pursues the Black woman, we have to do better, guys. Yeah, and I will say, I, I do prefer the bald head or the lace front. Just, just so, <laughs> so you just hate lace fronts. I hate the lace fronts more than anything in the world. I agree. I'm in agreement with both of you guys, but I just, just be happy. Love, love who you're gonna love, regardless if they have hair. Treat people right, so we can better this world. That's all I have to say. Yes, and that's it for this show, guys. We want to thank y'all for listening. We love our black woman, uh, black power, black love, all that good stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, so please continue to listen to us. As you saw that we were recognized on the Apple podcast for black voices. So we appreciate you guys support. And if you love this show, you know, give us a review and share with a friend. Please go onto the podcast and give us a review. If you love what we're talking about, cause I love you. Yes, sir. So tune in next week, every Tuesday. This is a wrap for the show. 30 to life, breaking stereotypes, breaking boundaries, building legacies, and helping others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. It's your favorite color in the world, brown. And the guy who never dated a white woman, Cooley. (laughs) We out of here. We out. 30 to life. 